0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today we believe God wants to speak to you through the following message if you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request visit us at kingsgatehobs.com welcome good to see everybody today welcome back to Kingsgate Church how many of you enjoyed the first things first conference last weekend was that amazing praise God praise God so Welcome back today. We begin a new series. Honestly, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud to say that the Classics is my favorite. You say, why? Well, I just love the simplicity of Bible stories. They're deep, they're profound, but there's something simple and beautiful about Bible stories. That's why we teach kids using Bible stories, because the gospel has been geared and formulated by God himself that even a child can understand it to accept Jesus, all right? You may find some deeper truths today in the Word, in this story, but today we begin the classics. So join me, please. Let me give you a little bit of backstory. Today I'm going to talk to you about Joseph in the prison. Someone say Joseph in the prison. Now he didn't just appear in there, something had to happen, right? Prison's not a good place. I don't know if some of you have ever been there or did time there or even jail. Jail's no fun. I did jail ministry for years, and man, it's just you go in there and there's some hope lost. There's folks that think, man, am I ever going to leave here? Is it ever going to get better? Well, Joseph wound up there through no fault of his own. He'd had a rough life with his brothers. He was his dad's favorite. His dad had given him a coat of many colors. You guys remember the story. His brothers were so jealous of him. Scripture says they couldn't even say a kind word to him. Then Joseph, with his lack of wisdom, began to say, hey, guys, can you imagine telling people who hate you this, telling people who hate you, telling them this? Say, by the way, I know you guys hate me, but I had a dream all of you are going to bow down before me. Man, if that won't make the hate increase, nothing will, right? He'd say, by the way, and then then he got to a place, he said, yeah, I, I I, I came to a place where there's 11 stars bowing and the sun and moon, and the father said, what? His dad, Jacob, also known as Israel, said, What, are me and your mother and your your brothers going to bow to you? But he kept that in his heart. Jacob kept it in his heart. Well, here's what happened. The family, the brothers, they were so sick of him and so jealous of him. And I'm sure dad didn't handle everything just right. But, I mean, can you imagine doing this to a relative, especially someone of your own flesh and blood? They were going to kill him. But some of the brothers said, No, 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 let's just throw him into a cistern. Let's throw him into a well. So they took his coat of many colors, they tore it up, they put blood on it to tell the dad he's been killed. And what eventually happened was they sold him to slave traders headed to Egypt. Well, he wound up in Egypt. He was bought by Potiphar. I believe Potiphar was the captain of the king's guard. And Potiphar had him in his house. We got to the place where Joseph was running the household of Potiphar, this Egyptian noble. And this is very powerful because the Hebrews were an abomination to the Egyptians for some reason. I don't know if it's because most of them were shepherds, but Egyptians did not like Hebrews. But this Hebrew slave began to run Potiphar's house of nobility. At some point, Potiphar's wife, we don't know her name, we'll just call her Jezebel for the story's sake. Now, I don't know what her name was. I don't know the Jezebel equivalent, an Egyptian. I don't know. Nefertiti. I don't know what her name was. That's an Egyptian name. But got to the place where Potiphar's wife said, hey, Joseph, sleep with me. She compelled him. She compelled him. She, she was stressing out, trying to mess with this guy. Translation says fool around. She even lied on him. So he would not. At some point she said, hey, come be with me. He said, no, he got away from her. She had taken hold of his robe or his cloak. She pulled it off of him and she kept him. She kept it. By then she was a woman scorned. So she told the household And she told her husband, Potiphar, she said, look, you brought this Hebrew slave here to laugh at us and mock us. He's been trying to sleep with me. Look, I have his cloak to prove it. Bad situation. Through no fault of his own, Potiphar was furious with him. He believed his lady, or maybe it was just to save face. We don't know. But Scripture says, and we start with verse 19 here, Genesis 39, 19. Look at this. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he must have believed it. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. Someone say there he remained. That's not very fun, not very exciting. Seems like, man, that could be the end of the story. It's over. But how many of you know God's hand was on Joseph? Someone say God's hand was on Joseph. Some of you are going through situations right now and you say, man, this feels like a prison. It may not be exactly like this. I'm going through a situation it doesn't feel like a prison, but it's something that God is working on me about and he's dealing with me about. And I'm going through a situation. And some of you say, man, this is through no fault of my own. Or it was my own fault. And now I'm in this situation. However you arrive there, I have good news for you. Someone say good news. Good news. But the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with J.W. The Lord was with the angel. The Lord was with Ephraim, or Elizabeth, or Josiah, or Javier. The Lord was with Noe. The Lord was with Bree, or Araceli, or Kalina. The Lord was with Anthony, or Michelle. The Lord, someone say, but the Lord. He got put into prison, it wasn't his fault, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Hmm. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite, someone say favorite. Of course. The Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. Sounds familiar, right? This is what happened in Potiphar's house. Every level Joseph was at, God gave him favor and put him in charge. You need to get to the place where you're unfatable. You say, no, uh uh-uh. I may be going through something, but I'm walking through. I'm not going to lay down and die here. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything, just like Potiphar's house. Scripture says all Potiphar worried about until the wife lied on Joseph was, all he worried about was about what he ate. Everything else was taken care of. Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him, and he caused everything he did to succeed. Someone say everything. Let's pray if you don't mind. Father, we thank you. We give you glory for your word. Your word's already blessed and anointed. We receive it today. Make it be, may it be the powerful seed implanted on good ground in our lives and in our hearts. We thank you, Father. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see that Joseph, <coughs> through no fault of his own, was placed in prison through a lie. This happens. It's happening in the United States of America. The justice system's not perfect. Even today, we know that. We know that. You have to rely on God for justice, not humanity. God has to give you justice, even if he's working through humans, because humans are flawed. Let's go back, though, and let's look at verse 21 again. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Let's stop there for a moment. How many of you know favor will take you farther than you've ever been? Let's talk about favor for a minute. Favor can make you a favorite. That's great. That's kind of self explanatory, right? Because he had favor, he became the the, uh, prison warden's favorite. Favor is God's ability, (coughs) excuse me, in you and through you. Thanks so much, John, to make you successful. Favor is God's ability. His empowerment It's very close to grace. Grace is God's empowerment to live right. But how many of you know that when you're living right, it gives you great favor? Now, it doesn't mean that even in the midst of your mistakes, God cannot give you favor. But we're looking at Joseph's life right now, and I want to extend this to everybody saying Ah, you may may be in a situation that feels like prison because of your own mistakes. There's going to be no favor. No, there will be. There may be a trial, may be some consequences in there, but God can give you favor and bring you out. But we see that favor takes you to a level you could never take yourself. Ever. I've heard stories over and over again in this church and over the years, the people of God that came here and the people of God in our lives, you can see Pastors Coy and D. Barker, Oscar and Angel, the ones who were here last week, the men and, men and women of God, their life is a story of favor. My life, along with the life of my wife, in our home, it's a story of God's favor. My dad's life and our f- whole family is a story of favor. You ever, You ever just... Giving someone favor because you go, man, you know what? I like them. They messed up, but I like them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. You want God's favor? The goal is to live like Jesus. Joseph was very Christ-like. He, man, he was betrayed, but he forgave. He didn't get bitter. And he always served God. When he told Potiphar's wife no, he he didn't say, oh, no, no, I don't want to hurt you. No, he said, how can I do this to God? How can I sin against God and commit this sin against my master? His priorities were always in the right place. His dad had raised him right. Joseph may have been a little spoiled. He might have been a little proud, remember? He was bragging about his dreams, telling the family, you're going to bow to me. But God said, I'm taking you somewhere higher and somewhere better. I'm going to give you favor because you've sought me. Say, how can I I be like Jesus? Loving? Kindness? You want to receive favor? My mom taught me this. Give favor. Give people special treatment. Go out of your way to help people. One way you can show favor is by forgiving people. How else did Jesus live? Why why was the favor of God on Jesus and on Joseph? Joseph was a very Christ-like character of the Old Testament. He overcame temptation. And he had favor even in the toughest of times. Let's go to Psalm 6511. This was my verse even before COVID hit in 2020. God began speaking to me and Pastor Jen. We were going through a season there, a trying season. And this became a revelation to me. The psalmist is speaking to God right here. He says, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways, even the hard times, overflow with abundance. How many of you are going through something right now? Go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead. I'll leave my hand in the air. Many of us. I'd say most of us, you say, you're going through something. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's something personally in your heart, something you're dealing with. You say, man, I've had a little bit of this or that. I feel a little anxious or I'm, I've had a touch of depression in my life. That's not God's best for us. We know that. But everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through stuff. But even in the midst of it, God can give you favor, and he will give you favor. Let me tell you right now, people of God, you are favored. You say, I've sinned recently. Did you repent? Did you repent? If you're walking in repentance, God's hand of favor is upon you. You say, I've struggled in this area. I know you don't want to practice that sin. God knows. He's giving you favor even in this season. You say, man, this is tough. It doesn't feel right. I know I'm preaching to myself in some ways, but man, those are the best kind of words. God's working on me. He's working on you this morning. Scripture says that the word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts every which way it turns. Man, it's cutting on me right now, and it's cutting on you. Some of you say... I don't know who this is for. Some of you have been in a season where you say, I know this is not God's best for his people, but I'm struggling with depression. I don't know if it's the time you spend on your cell phone or on TikTok or what. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying some people are on their phones for hours. That's depressing. That's hard on your brain, even physically and emotionally. It could be the food you eat. McDonald's three times a day, that's not gonna that's not gonna keep you away from depression. Ask the guy who did the documentary called Supersize Me. He almost died. His thing was eat McDonald's three times a day for a month. It was shutting down his kidneys, giving him heart problems. He gained like 30 pounds in a month. McDonald's is okay sometimes if you wanna eat plastic, right? I like their French fries, they're extra salty and stuff. I'm not even usually a fan of salt, but that can play a factor, but you sometimes, sometimes it's not even the devil, and we're struggling with depression because maybe we've disobeyed God, or maybe your stomach's not right, or your emotions aren't right because you're not going for walks and exercising. Whatever it is, I want to tell you today there's no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus, even if you've suffered with depression. Nobody's gonna beat you up about that. Now, is that God's best for you as a believer? Heavens no. I've had seasons of that where I struggle with a little bit of depression here and there. And it's no fun. It's no fun for different reasons. And some of you say, man, well, I was in grief. Well, guess what? God is giving you favor through this season, and he's bringing you out of depression. He's bringing you out of it. I think this is for someone on the live stream, too. I can feel compelled by the Spirit of God. I believe it's a woman listening to the live stream today, and you've been struggling with depression. Young lady, daughter of God. Be loosed in Jesus' name, just like Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood. Be loosed. I believe there's men and women in here who have struggled with depression. You are loosed. You are free in Jesus' name. Believe it and live it today. You're free because God's favor is on you. You say, man, I didn't deserve it. Well, God's favor, oh, man, people will bless and help you. I believe you're going to meet the right people even this week, even this month. When God's favor is in play, man, that's all you need. And you can coast on ahead to the next level because God is with you and he's giving you favor. Someone say favor. I love this story because Joseph had favor even through the darkest of times. I bet at some point he was thinking, man, I'm in Potiphar's house. This is probably God's best for me. I'm going to manage Potiphar's household till I grow old. I'm, I'm well fed. I'm well paid. I'm blessed here in Egypt. God is with me. Man, I arrived here because of treachery. I was betrayed by my brothers, almost killed, sold to slavers. I'm sold into slavery, but man, here I am. And then one day it got worse because Potiphar's wife lied on him, and then he went down again. You ever been there? You say, man, I thought I was good for life in this area. And God says, I'm not done with you. I've allowed some things to happen. You say, man, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my decision. Whether it was or it wasn't, God is giving you favor in this area. Someone say favor. His hand is on you to bless you and bring you in contact and connection with the right people. Somebody say amen. Mm, I believe it. Let's look at verse 22. Verse 22, Genesis 39, 22. Before long, God gave him favor. Remember the previous verse said he he was the warden's favorite? Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Some of you may not want this, but I'm going to tell you right now, part of God's favor, God's favor leads to authority. Did everybody die in here? Some of you are like, man, I've been praying against authority. I don't want that. Now, I've had people say, man, they're trying to give me the manager's job. It's just $5 more an hour. I don't want it. That's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to. Some of you are like, I don't want my boss's job. Man, they're, they're harsh on that dude or they're harsh on her. That's okay. God is giving you authority in different areas. It's what he promised. Jesus said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. I give you my authority. When you have God's favor, you have authority. This is before Jesus even came to earth. You see this Christ-like character. The warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. I'll never forget when God's favor was on my life as he called me to the ministry. And here I was, a 24-year-old, Man, 24-year-old youth pastor, ignorant, didn't know nothing. I'd get to preach to adults sometimes. Dad was gracious that way. Dad Dad always kept a hand on the pulse, my spiritual pulse, but he would have me preach in the Spanish and the English here and there. But I was the youth pastor. I was so young and so ignorant. But here I was, authority came on me. You know how that happens? You don't empower yourself with authority. I don't know who this is for today authority comes from above God gives authority places people in your life who are your authority so that you can have authority I remember years ago I worked with a lady and it was at a finance company here in town and I got some stories about finance companies man it was like Sodom and Gomorrah up in there we won't get into all that really it was like it was like the young and the restless (laughs) well they weren't young like Carmen said they were just restless (laughs) And man, there were some stories. I, I remember this young lady, she got our boss. Man, I love this guy. Was he the best manager ever? No, he was okay. But I love this guy. I had favor with him. I really loved him. And this young lady got him fired over some stupid thing. It wasn't sexual harassment. I don't even remember what it was. And she got his job. She became manager. And she was one of the most incompetent liars you've ever met. Absolutely incompetent. A liar? running around on her husband, doing dumb stuff. I had favor with her, but I got to the point. They were presenting me with the manager's uh, job, and I didn't really want it at that place. I took it temporarily. But I said, hey, because she and I were friends, I said, hey, this authority was given to me. I wasn't seeking it. Don't be messing with me like you messed with the last guy. She was like, I'm so offended you would ever think of that. I said, "Uh uh-huh. She's already been thinking about it, liar. But God gives you favor, and he gives you authority, and nobody can take it away if you keep seeking God. Now, I hated that place so bad at some point. There was a strange spirit over that organization. I left one day. I gave them their authority back and said, bye, in the form of, here's the keys. God bless you all. Bye. But authority is delegated or given by authority when God and your teacher can trust you. I've seen people give authority to someone just to make them happy, and that always fails. Now let me give you let me give you more more let me give you more authority, man. Shh, shh, just be quiet. Just just don't start any problems, man. Bribe them. That doesn't work. God's going to honor you with real authority in your life, in different areas, if if you will walk in His favor. But. You may say, I don't, I don't want to be manager. Well, that's between you and God. Or I don't want to be leader over this. Here's the problem with serving God. It's not the problem, but here's the problem for your flesh. As soon as you decide to be different and serve God and put God first, you are by default a leader. Miles Monroe used to teach that. When you begin to serve God and put Him first, you are a leader by default because you're going against the flow. They taught that at youth groups in the 80s and 90s. Go against the flow. Well, it's so true because you're different. You begin to put God first, you have his favor, and he gives you authority, just like Joseph had. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. That's good stuff. Now, once God has given you favor, he's placed you in a place of authority, even in your home, your business, wherever it is. Whatever you're doing, you're serving and God's giving you extra authority in your serving duties. Whatever it is, you've got to do that with what? Let's go to verse 23. Check out verse 23. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. He was fully trustworthy, responsible, faithful, and consistent. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. If the warden had no more worries, that means Joseph did. Here's point three. He operated in a spirit of godly excellence. Are you familiar with the word mediocre? In Spanish, it's really close. It's mediocre. It's funny in in Spanish, mediocre. I don't know why. Mediocre. I remember when my mom first used that word or my dad growing up, I always thought of an egg yolk. It helped me remember the word. Mediocre. Mediocre means not excellent. Mediocre means, you ever heard of Socrates, the Greek philosopher? Well, here's a Greek philosopher I heard about in a meme. I don't think he was real. His name was Mediocrates. Mediocrates says, whatever will be, will be that'll pass you see today that we're, we're we're doing some progress in here and we know it's a little bit of an eyesore right now but praise God we still have a stage but we are extending it we're going to do some changes in here and it's going to be better than ever why because we don't believe in mediocre we're not just going to throw it together and I heard somebody say well it's not done yet because they just started a week ago and we're going to do it right and I said exactly that's exactly what's happening here Good things take a while. Did you know when God is working in your character and building up godly excellence in you, it's not always overnight. Some people faint before they get to the finish line because it's not exactly how they planned. Say, man, I just thought I was going to be better in a week. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Whatever it is you're doing. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, whatever you set your hand to do, do it with all your might. And when you do it with all your strength and your might and do it as unto the Lord and not unto people and not for their their praise and thanks, that'll come. You'll have favor. People will see you doing a good job. But godly excellence is a reflection of Jesus. It's a good reflection of Him. It really is. Faithfulness and consistency. Someone say consistency. Some of you may lack that. I lack that in some areas of my life. Man, there's some areas of my life, I'm going to tell you right now, they are excellent. And some other areas of my life, Oh, man, this convicted me this morning when I was going over this. I said, man, I have favor. I've been given authority. I live right because of the one who lives in me. I repent when I'm wrong. I repent when I've I've sinned. But, man, God has got to help me, and I've got to give in to him in some areas of my life that are not excellent. What is excellent? Above average. You can always do a little better, can't you? I've heard people say, well, Pastor Matt, you're probably, you know... Could you even preach any better to draw more people here? Well, that, there's a whole formula to bring people to church. There's barriers to growing a church and stuff. But let me tell you this. I am preaching to the best of my ability every single Sunday. And every Wednesday night, I break down the word to the best of my God-given ability. And every time I meet with Bible study members, it is to the best of my ability. Every time I have a staff meeting, it is to the best of my ability. Is it always 100%? Is it always the best it could be? No, but I'm doing my best with God's help, and I see room for improvement. Do you? You say, I'm not happy with my my weight. I need to gain some muscle. Great. Do it. You say, I need to lose a little weight. I'm a little chunky. Hey, you're still beautiful, but let me tell you something. If that's where you want to be, then do it. You can be excellent in that area. Start small. Godly excellence starts with small steps. The Lord said, he made a statement in the Old Testament, still blows me away. It said, do not despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord is rejoicing. He's glad that the work has begun. It all has to start with a foundation.